Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way, as an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest is someone who comes to us from Ontario by way of Maryland. He is one Ben Potok. Ben is a drummer, a teacher, a booking agent, and app developer. He is currently operating a boutique booking agency called Mile One with his wife, Laura Supan. Additionally, he founded and is running an educational app for music teachers and students called Practipus. It is a stellar motivational practice app and class management tool, which makes it very easy for teachers to motivate and track their students' practice, as well as give them additional assignments. For all of our listeners out there who are music teachers, this just might be the resource you've been looking for, if you're not using it already. He and Laura met in their band South Rail, which is based in Washington, D.C. with Jay Bird and Mark Cannonberg. Laura and Ben moved to Ontario recently uh, while raising their son, Arthur, who was born in Canada. Ben is a big-time breakfast food, as well as an NBA basketball fan. He believes it's no coincidence that the Toronto Raptors took the championship right after they moved there. Ben's pet peeve is small container water sounds like pouring and repetitive gulping. Ben is selected for our conversation Dave Matthews Band's fifth studio record from 2001 titled Every Day. Every Day was recorded at Conway Studios in Los Angeles. It was produced by Glenn Ballard, mixed by Chris Lord Algae, and mastered by Bob Ludwig. Santana is also prominently featured on a track here as well. This particular record was a little bit more commercial than previous albums. Uh, Glenn Ballard, uh, who is best known for co-writing and producing Alanis Morissette's 1995 album, Jagged Little Pill, as well as uh, some writing contributions for Michael Jackson's Thriller and Bad, was a new producer for them at the time. The band had been working with Steve Lillywhite, and as a result, this record ended up sounding a little bit more produced. Dave also started using uh, more electric guitar more frequently on this It came after a record called Listener Supported, which was a live album, so definitely an interesting switch for the group. Without further ado, let's get to know Ben Potok and Dave Matthews Bands every day. Ben, thank you very much for joining us on the program today. Matt, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor and pleasure to talk to you, as always. All right. Well, why don't we get settled into our conversation here? What made you choose this particular record from Dave Matthews Band? So every day holds a, a special place in my heart. It, it, I discovered it at a very formative time when it came to my music career, I guess, and, and uh, playing drums. So I was in my middle years of high school working at uh, Circuit City, if you remember that wonderful electronic store that has that has since uh, gone out of business sadly sadly yeah um, I, w- I was working there and one of the departments that I was working in was uh, where they had all of the CDs at that time you know CDs were were it it was it was rows and rows 
um, of CDs uh, in alphabetical order, right? I mean, I mean, it was yeah. the it, it wasn't exactly the record shop, but for our generation, I, I think it, it it almost was. <laughs> Um, certainly had certainly had a, a, a deceivingly large selection. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, nothing compared to iTunes these days or Spotify, but but it was uh, pretty impressive at the time. <laughs> so uh, in high school, Dave Matthews Band was huge. They were they were really popular uh, with my friends and classmates, and I was the personality type to kind of shy away from those things that everybody liked. So, you know, and that, that goes for, for everything, right. Fashion and, and music. So I actually never really gave them a chance. So, so it was, let's see, the, the year was probably around, probably around 2001. Um, so, Dave, you know, Dave had been out and popular for, for almost 10 years before I even gave it a shot. But I, one, one evening, uh, you know, the store was closing, uh, it was about 10 PM and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick up a CD and, and I happened to see every day and I was like, all right, well maybe I'll just give it, give it a shot and have a listen, took it out to my car in the parking lot. And as soon as the first song, which was called, I did it hit this odd time really intricate, interesting drum part that Carter Beaufort was playing. I was just knocked off my feet. I, I was blown away by it. Um, prior to that, I mean, I've been playing drums for a number of years, but prior to that, I'd been listening to Green Day, Trey Cool, and Metallica, Lars Ulrich. Um, this was something completely different and it, it just opened up my eyes and it changed the, the trajectory of, of my drumming. Um, so that, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just a really life-changing moment to listen to that album and I, and I was hooked and I, and I have been hooked ever since. Um, so yeah, there, there was, I did it. And then, and then the second song, which is when the world ends had this, just this little, it's just the details of, of Carter's playing. He does these ghost notes in the groove. And, uh, you know, it's something that you don't really hear or you don't hear what very well or notice that much with, with Green Day and Metallica. So it just had a, it just had a huge impact on me. And, and the, that second song sealed the deal. And I, I was, yeah, I was hooked and I was changed forever. Nice. So we're talking with Ben Potok here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. And, you know, we're talking about uh, the fifth studio offering from Dave Matthews Band. And that record is called Every Day. Uh, we know that Dave Matthews is the lead vocalist and that Carter Buford plays the drums. Uh, ben, can you tell us, can you tell our listeners who some of the additional musicians and players are on the record? Sure. Yeah. You, you, so, so the band is uh, Stefan Lassard playing bass. And at that time, Leroy Moore was playing mainly saxophone, but also, you know, a number of other woodwind instruments. Um, you had, uh, I don't think officially part of the band, but uh, Butch Taylor was playing keys and on, I think on the records and, and also definitely touring with the band. And then Carter Beaufort on the drums, of course. And on that album, you had, oh, I'm sorry. And of course, uh, Boyd Tinsley playing the violin, 
which uh, was definitely noteworthy because they were sort of the first, I would say, major band to incorporate violin very prominently in a in a rock fusion or you know acoustic rock setting. Um, and then on that, as you mentioned, on that album, you had uh, Carlos Santana sitting in on a song as well. Nice. So you mentioned uh, Boy Tinsley uh, playing violin. Uh, it just helped jog my memory a little bit. I remember uh, sometime back in the '90s where there was some. There was kind of the talk of the music world where there was going to be almost, uh, you, you know, kind of a summer tour uh, band trade, if you will, where two prominent you know, improvisational bands like Dave Matthews band, as well as, uh, fish, uh, plotted this possible idea of, uh, swapping Boyd Tinsley for Paige McConnell and Paige, uh, is the uh, piano and organ player. And, uh, that, you know, just, just that idea in itself, that would have really changed the trajectory of both of those bands and sounds and, and perhaps, you know, some of their, you know, respective fan bases at large. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't heard that before. That would have definitely changed things. I mean, considering obviously both bands have have been very successful since, who knows what what it what it would have done to, you know, not only their music but but also their their fan bases and and uh yeah, that's quite significant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both, both, I mean, both fan bases are incredibly loyal. You know, drastically different sounds. You know, however, that that concept of of community and you know just the um, you, you know the appreciation that the band gets back from the audience, yeah, of course. And, and, I, and and vice versa. And I think there's a fair amount of crossover too. There, I think there are a lot of Dave fans who are also Fish fans, and and, and vice versa for sure. So maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe actually it wouldn't have been that significant because it, it's like uh, <laughs> it's 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 own, you know. It's there's not there's outside of that you know that that sort of jam band community, right? Maybe maybe it's just you know you can exchange members at, at will, and it, it doesn't make a huge difference. Who knows? That's who right. Knows? That's right. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> We're we're talking with my friend Ben Potok here on the Cover to Cover podcast with Matt Tarka, and uh, we're we're specifically talking about Dave Matthews Band's uh, fifth offering every day. Uh, ben, does this particular record is? Do you think it's a drastic departure from you know Dave Matthews Band's previous work, or do you think it's a continuum of a sound that they've built upon from previous efforts? Well, you know, for for me, it wasn't since I since I started getting into Dave uh, with this record, it, it wasn't really, but I think for, for the long time fans, you know, the, the, the diehards from, from the beginning in what, 91, 92, it was a huge change. Mm-hmm. Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a huge change. It was very much not jam bandy. The, the album is very produced, uh, you know, Glenn, Glenn Ballard came on as, as a producer. This was his first album with them. Previously, they they've been um, working with Steve Lillywhite. So, so this was with that came came a, a yeah pretty ja- drastic change. It was um, very produced, a little more formulaic. The songs are shorter. Um, before you you it, it was easy to get a you know four to six minute song on the records. And, and I think the, the average time 
the average length of, of songs went down for sure on this record. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, synth sounds and a lot of over, overdubbing, you can tell. So um, yeah, I would say it, it, it was pretty, uh, it was a pretty drastic change. Now for me and my experience, I think it may have actually been better because I had been listening to sort of more formulaic, you know, shorter, faster songs prior to this. So it was sort of a gateway album for me. And, and then I started working my way backwards and listening to some of the, some of the older uh Dave Matthews band material. So, so for me, who knows, it, it may have been better that, that, that shift had occurred. Um, but you know, there's, there's really no way to tell. Yeah. I, I mean, some, some adjectives or, or just some real descriptors that, that came to mind when I was revisiting this record before our conversation was it's a very, it's a very introspective album that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, descending minor chords, you know, there's a little bit of distorted guitars that was, you know, perhaps you know something that was uh, the complete antithesis of, of of several of Dave Matthews band's earlier recordings you know there's just there's also just a real kind of you know hip, hypnotic state if you will you know to some of these albums particularly from a lyrical point of view you know there's a lot of questions being asked of the audience towards this main character who you know may or may not feel that he's he or she is supplying the information that that person wants to hear and there's this constant sort of you know uh you know what some people have commonly referred to as kind of like a rubber band theory you know sort of push me pull you you know type of type of approach to to the conversation and that just you know that that creates just this tension that it seems with with, with every every song yeah sure like. and and isn't that the isn't that the beautiful thing about music and and live music too right is that you've got this you've got this sort of conversational aspect of it and it's a it's a living breathing thing right because the musicians on stage can can write about and sort of talk to the audience and and they can they can almost vent and and like in, in some of the songs on every day right um what you are comes to mind, right? He's Dave is sort of yet he's yelling. He's like, you know, am I, am I doing what you want? Right? Like, does this please you? And he's, and he's not happy about it. Right. And then he can do that live and he can, it's so he's, he's the, the, the audience is watching him and enjoying him shouting at them. Right. And, and he's got the, and he, he, he's got the ability and he does, you know, change the lyrics from, show to show right that that particular song is one that i actually like live a lot more than on the record it's it's just in its intensity is is times a hundred to me when they when they play it live and you can tell it's it's just sincere and authentic and and just super passionate so yeah for for sure i i definitely um I definitely get that get that sense on this album lyrically that you're talking about where where he's he's not he's not happy right and and, that, and that's actually kind of you know not just with this album but sort of a theme that that goes back to there are there are other songs for sure where he expresses that theme um, so so yeah I would say that's a lot that's a long a long running theme with Dave and um, I love it personally. 
Yeah. And, you know, one song that, you know, kind of struck me as, you know, is very intense was probably it's somewhere halfway down the record. And that's a song called So Right. And, you know, it was it was it was really just nice to hear that tenor sax come back after it it had been absent for the first you know couple of tracks on this particular album. And, you know, some of the lyrics that just kind of grabbed my attention quite a bit is, you know, this idea of, you know, roll on, run the red lights like this is this is definitely somebody that 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 is more than comfortable taking risks with whoever is in his company <laughs> for sure yeah that's a the beginning of that song is very seductive isn't it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i think which which was also a, a little bit of a a little bit of a change for them it's it's kind of it's sort of yeah yeah very very soft and and alluring right um but then the song picks up of course but you know dave has never really shied away from provocative lyrics i would say he, he writes a lot about romance and relationships and sex for sure and he's yeah he's definitely uh, he doesn't hold back even though you know it tends to be sometimes um behind uh, behind metaphors uh if you if you really listen yeah he's he's not afraid to uh to write about what's what's on his mind uh, in all subjects. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. How does this record continue to inspire you? You know, many years after it was cut in the studio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I don't go back and listen to the recorded albums that much these days, just because there is so. I mean, as, as with any sort of live jam band, right. You know, in the spirit of the, of the dead, there's just so much live material to get into. I mean, I still, to this day, I mean, I have been obsessively listening for 20 years and I still, to this day am discovering live tracks that I had never heard before. And even, even new songs that are not on a, released studio album that the band has only played live right so, yeah yeah to listen to the evolution of those songs is oh it's, it's so really cool and and they you just know? they just put out yeah. a record uh about a i don't know maybe a year year and a half ago that i that i also really like where you know if you've been listening to the live material for a while you actually end up getting those songs that they were only playing live on a studio album, which happened with this, with this last one, which I was just thrilled about because I loved the live, the live versions of the songs. And then um, I think you get, you actually get a better recorded version if they've been hashing it out on stage for, you know, five years or, or whatever. And so, so that was really uh, that was really a cool to, to hear that on the latest album. But as far as as far as how I get inspiration from every day, you know the 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 beginning of that album is just it just it just is is unforgettable for me because of how it sort of changed the way that I look at music and the way that I look at drumming. Um, it was a it, you know it, it helps me to recognize those types of moments when they happen in my life now, right? Where you are, you get exposure to something or you change the way that you 
think about something or see something and, and it, you know, it, it helps to yeah. recognize those quickly because then you can, then you can act on them and make the most of them. And I think that listening, you know, sitting in my 1989 Buick LeSabre in the circuit city parking lot at, at 10 15 at night, um, was that, you know, in hearing the, those, those, First two songs, especially, were that was the first time that I had had one of those moments, and I can, you know, I can now pinpoint a handful of them that have ha- happened since, right, in music and and in other things. But um, I think it's been it's been really instrumental in uh, allowing me to recognize them when they happen and then act on them after I heard. Carter Beaufort played drums on that record. I just played drums nonstop through the rest of high school, through the rest of college. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be the musician I am today. uh, Or, I mean, I'd even venture to say the person that I am today because of the, the influence that it had on me. So, you know, drawing inspiration, I don't think, I don't think I've ever stopped um, whether it be directly or, or indirectly, it was just a complete shift for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, th- thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That was really, you, you, you have, in, you have in oh, turn wow. inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we're talking to our, uh, to my friend, uh, Ben Potok here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka and, uh, uh, Last but not least, you know, I, I like to ask this question of all of our guests, and this question is in regards to the cover art of the album. So, we live in a universe today where information and music can quickly be accessed in the palm of our hand. Even in the 21st century, artwork has continued to remain a cornerstone with each newly released single or album. Ben, what is conjured up in your mind when you look at the album cover? Mm. Yeah, it's very not Dave, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you look at the you look at the previous records, right? And they are, you know, a little bit more artsy and a little bit more abstract, but on this one, if I recall, it's it's like black and white sort of yeah, yeah, it's very, and very it's a, stark. It's a shot yeah. of the band, yeah. sort of uh, glaring. I would, I would almost say, into the camera, right? So I, I think it's mm-hmm. an, I think it's a reflection of the music on the record because it, it, it is like as we mentioned before, it's, a, it's a lot darker than previous albums, but. There's a real what you see yeah. is what you get, you know, as you right. see these people staring challenge. back it's, at you, you know. Yeah, it's, it's any, almost any challenging, questions? right? Yeah. It's like, this is this is what we did, and uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think, yeah. I think in, a, yeah. in, a cool, in a cool way, it, 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 reflects, it reflects the music, for sure. Uh, but it's definitely, again, like the music, a departure from from the al- the previous album art and i think from the the albums that that they released after that as well yeah it's it's sort of an, an interesting outlier in in the history of uh of dave in, in terms of the art i think after that the music continued to be a little bit more produced and a little bit more formulaic on the records um, 
But, um, but yeah, that one stands out for sure. Ben, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule today to, to chat. And uh, it's always great catching up with you. And thank you just for being on the program and sharing some music that's resonated with you in such a deeply profound way. I, I really have enjoyed all of your stories. I, you know, the story about discovering this band, you know, in your, uh, what was it, 1989 <laughs> right. Buick LeSabre, you know, I, I I, I, I I kind of felt like you know I was you know in some way kind of a, a companion along that discovery cool. well listen it, it was a it was a real pleasure to do this I, I love talking about music and I, I will always take you up on the opportunity to chat with you of course my good friend um, yes yeah, so thanks for having me and uh, and uh, I, yeah I really appreciate it all right thanks so much to Ben Potok today for being on with us on cover to cover. For all of you listeners out there, thank you. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on your favorite device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. Take a moment to tell friends and family about our show. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. And as always, we hope you enjoyed some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us today as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.